0: Well, friends, it is good to be with you. It is good to be with you on a Friday. I really do enjoy Fridays. I love the engagement. I love the interaction. Hey, is this the third week in a row that you've been with us, Peter?
1: Yes. It's the today.
0: third week in a row. Man, i got to tell you, I've really enjoyed having you in studio. Um, it's good to have Tamelo in studio as well. It's nice to have a face behind the board, switching all the numbers. He is standing by, ready to take your call so that you can phone in and engage with us live on air. We are excited and encouraged when you phone in. It's always great to hear your voice. If you're listening in, John, if you're in your car, John down in uh, Cape Town, that's another John uh, down in Cape Town, if you're listening in uh, to the various different people that often call in it's always great to hear from you um, and it's great to engage with you on your Bible Q&A uh, questions um, let me tell you how you can engage with us this morning um, right up front before Peter and I start uh, kicking the show off and talking um, how can you engage in the conversation this morning you can phone into studio I'm going to give you one number now's a great time to write it down and the number is 012 334 one three two two you can actually find that i have posted it to the show notes on the facebook live stream you can find the number there as well you can of course drop a comment on facebook that's on our facebook page radio pulpit radio console if you are presently listening to facebook do me a favor hit the like button you know what while you're about it hit the share button too i just shared the live stream to uh, my facebook page that's uh, pastor mark penrith as well as to our church's facebook page that is central baptist church pretoria now's a great time to share and help us get the word out Uh, you can also send in a voice note to whatsapp that is 0826572729 you might want to save that number so that you've got it in your uh, a phone for future use I do want to thank the folk that are listening in even right now Glenn Wilkins says good morning Pastor Mark have a great day it's raining God bless you, and I'm listening to you on the radio as I drive. Thank you. Great, Glenn. Uh, lovely to have you with us. He is commenting on Facebook. Natasha Barnes says, good morning, Mark, with you again. Have a blessed weekend, all. Uh, Natasha uh, Barnes, who is from Boxburg. Lovely to have you with us, Natasha, on Facebook as well. I do know that Penny was looking for our stream just before the show. She sent me a uh, a message on Facebook as well. Penny, I hope that you're with us this morning. Looking forward to your questions. And then Jennifer says Morning pastor and family I've just tuned in Jennifer It's great to have you with us I also know that Llewellyn is listening to us as well And I see notes from Kempolo As well as from Lamia uh, It's great to have all of you with us this morning Peter, I was wondering if we could start by talking about sermons And I'm not talking about sermons that we listen to on a Sunday And, and listeners, let me just say I really do want to encourage you if you're not in a local church to connect with a local church and to sit under the means of grace which God has given you this coming Sunday as we celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ on the Lord's Day um, and those means of grace including the reading of scripture, they include the um, the seeing of scripture and the elements both the Lord's table um, and baptism uh, in terms of the receiving of, of, of the elements they include Prayer corporate prayer and private prayer and they certainly include the preaching of the word subject yourself to the preaching of the word find a Bible teaching church and 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 sit under the teaching of God's word this week but that's not the sermons that I'm talking about Mm -hmm. and Peter I saw a Facebook post uh, from you uh, this week and you were quoting a sermon of a guy that I think within the context of evangelical circles um, is is pretty well regarded. Uh, he's long gone uh, and no longer with us, but but a fairly well regarded um, writer within the context of evangelical circles and even beyond evangelical circles. How do you go about uh, even before we? talk maybe about the person or the sermon but how do you go about selecting the kinds of sermons that you will spend some time studying and I say studying because I can see the sermon you've printed it out in hard copy and you have got black pen you have got red pen it looks like it looks like something that a grade 12 has been studying for a final exam <laughs> it is marked up it is uh, you've got notes in the margins Um clearly you are studying the sermon how do you go about choosing sermons
1: yeah that's a uh, that's an interesting question uh, to be honest I'm not quite sure myself I think what happens most of the time is uh, I hear a mention of a famous sermon or yeah. maybe a, a religious speech yes. that was given at some stage. And uh, I do my best to to look it up to see if I can find Wh- a copy why? of
0: it. Why do you do your best to look it up and find a copy of
1: it? What What's the point? Well, I've, there's, there's two motivations for me primarily. The first most motivation is because I love preaching and I'm a preacher myself. Yes. I think there's a lot to learn from a preaching element. What made this sermon have the impact that it had in the history of the church and the world? I mean
0: obviously a sermon that comes to mind is Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. If you haven't, by the way, listener, I'd like I'm gonna ask the listeners two questions now number one is when you listen to sermons online what are the kinds of sermons that you're listening to Now's your opportunity to drop your favorite preachers and uh, we will engage with some of that content drop your favorite preachers I'm interested to hear the kinds of online sermons that you listen to so whether it's Penny who says good morning Mark I found you with big smiley face or Olivia who says good morning Pastor Mark I'm interested to know the kinds of preachers that 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 you are listening to online um, and I'm also really interested to hear if you're only listening to contemporary preachers so that's living preachers that are presently creating content and you're listening to them on YouTube or um, via website or if you're listening to past preachers as well I'd be very interested to hear what the mix is out there I, I'm going to drop a couple of the guys that I listen to on a regular basis or read on a regular basis but Peter before I do maybe tell me who are your kind of go to guys in terms of church history in terms of sermons that you've been consuming over the last Year or two.
1: Sure Okay So I think the person That I've been reading the most Is sermons specifically Also some books But specifically The sermons Has been Charles Spurgeon <laughs> It's <the> snapped <laughs> The Prince of <laughs> Preachers I've definitely
0: listened And read more of, And when I say listened I mean I'm talking Listened to online sermons So people mm. have preached Spurgeon's sermons yes. On MP3 format And I've consumed A couple of those um, But I've definitely read More of Spurgeon Than anyone else yes. um, uh, out there at all same. and I've I've read like some of the guys that I really review I've read a lot of their content but no one comes close to
1: Spurgeon the same it's the same for me wow why do you like Spurgeon so much I, I mean think, I can tell you why I like him um, but why do you like him I, I think again two reasons I think I I love Spurgeon's command of the English language yes. uh, the way he <laughs> is able to say the most simple thing in the most profound way blows my mind is the way he implements pictures and yeah. metaphors and images I've got to tell you it's what astonishing because it's it's seared into my head it's preaching on
0: the subject of perseverance Spurgeon said it is by perseverance that the snail reached the ark I mean that's at one at once <laughs> funny it's at twice um, like profound it kind of and, and it's 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 just brilliant. It is. It is by perseverance that the snail reached the ark. I mean, I can just see a little a little snail moving inch by inch towards Noah's ark to make sure that it it uh, it survived the floodwaters. It kind of brings a smile to your face. Yes. But Spurgeon was full full of those kinds of word pictures. Not 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 the not often the harsh word pictures that hmm. we pick up in maybe Jonathan Edwards' writings, who is another profound writer from old, um, who kind. Of of spoke of spiderwebs, um, mm. um, keeping a sinner from falling into the deep darkness of hell, mm. and the 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 fire of hell flicking up and singeing even the feet of those who are precariously uh, about to fall into deep darkness. So so, um I, I would say Edwards had the ability to speak in in words that elicited fear. Spurgeon had the ability to. Speak in words that elicit a smile.
1: <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely true. And and also, I want to mention on on that on on Jonathan Edwards. I mean, like you mentioned, his most famous piece of uh, content that he's famous for is sermons sermon, "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." But um, you know, I'd I'd highly recommend anyone to go and read of m- more of Edwards than just that. For example, if, if you take all of Edwards' writings, everything that we have of him, which is thousands and thousands and thousands of pages, and you put it in one document and you pressed Control f and you searched for words, yes. you'd see that the word that most often appears in Edwards' writing is the word happy. I think he invented <laughs> yes. a verb. Uh, I I haven't seen it before Edwards, but he he seemed to have invented the word "hapified." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So so Edwards is known as the I am human and gloom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was a very in his writings. He's very positive and bright, and he elicits, he uses more a lot more um, analogies from nature in many of his sermons. So yes. before he became a preacher, he wanted to become a naturalist, a yes. scientist. So he loves nature.
0: Okay, so we we've dropped two names from old. We've dropped Edwards and we've watched Spurgeon. Uh, we've 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 dropped Spurgeon. What well, what other kinds of preachers are there out there that you've listened to and, and applied your mind to?
1: I would mention two of them. The the first one is C. S. Lewis. Yes. Definitely he's 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 more famous for his fictional writings. Okay. Than for some of his sermons, yes. but his sermons are life changing.
0: Not, 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 to me. I, I think his, uh, his, his book, *Mere Christianity*, mm. is is possibly Brilliant. one of the. Best books one, one of the best books i've read and and it doesn't come without its flaws and Good. it doesn't come without its um, qualifications um, because I think particularly chapter twenty one which uh, speaks of either eternal state um, I, I, he, he, he crossed the line for me that that uh, that I certainly don't hold mm. on to however the, certainly the first six chapters mm. I mean I can actually remember crying the first time that I read mere Christianity the first six chapters were just so philosophical. And and answered some of the pressing apologetic questions which I had in terms of why is there sin in terms of um, uh, uh, yeah just just a, a view of God he 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 just wrote with such precision and excellence that I really did enjoy C S Lewis's writings. Hmm. I've never read a C S Lewis Spurgeon though a, sp- hmm. a
1: sermon though. <laughs> there, there's not a lot, but there is quite a few. Okay, um, enough to to keep you busy for a while. Um, And then another name I'd mention is actually the the person who had the greatest influence on both C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, um, a man by the name of G.K. Chesterton. Ah, yes. Um, The reason I think in our circles people are not so familiar with with them, maybe we know C.S. Lewis, most of us I think due to the movies that were made, you know, but it's because C.S. Lewis was an Anglican and G.K. Chesterton was, well, he converted to Catholicism in the last years of his life. But GK Chesterton, not necessarily or primarily a preacher, although he did... Have a few, uh, yes. but his writings, for example, the book I think that inspired mere Christianity from C.S. Lewis is G.K. Chesterton's book Orthodoxy, okay. where he, where G.K. Chesterton, in a very witty and a very funny way, in more than 300 pages, not only defends orthodoxy but defends the importance of it and how orthodoxy, instead of being this dreary, boring thing, is. Exciting and joyful, and safe and good for people. And so I, I'd highly recommend. I put those two names with Edwards and Spurgeon as C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton.
0: Now, Peter, I'm I'm also interested to know in terms of contemporary preachers that you have exposed yourself to. I'm going to give a couple of the guys that I've listened to from history as well, just to. Just to kind of continue the conversation. Um, but particularly South African contemporary preachers that that you've listened to and that you've really appreciated. In terms of my own list from church history is quite broad. Um, probably the early church kind of not so much a father, but the early church preacher that I've listened to the most. And I think I might have consumed everything that he's written. So there are two um, complete sets of homilies one on the book of Acts and one in the book of Romans and then um, or is it John um, and then a whole lot of other writings so some of this I, I read um, quite a while ago but I have been exposing myself again to these homilies on the book of Acts of of late and that's John Christopher Christosm, Christos, Christosm. Um he was known as I think the silver-tongued preacher, it might have been the gold-tongued preacher, he is from antiquity around 400 BC, I'm taking a stab there, um, the most amazing thing for me is I have a style of preaching which we can call expository preaching where you basically read out of scripture and out of a passage of scripture and more often than not verse by verse um, chapter by chapter and book by book uh, the meaning of God's word well John did exactly the same thing all those thousands of years ago, the same mechanism and manner of preaching uh, is what I deployed today, and so I found him very encouraging i don 't always agree with everything that he says, but I have been able to quote him in sermons in the past and uh, and certainly have enjoyed uh, that 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 grip of the past in terms of my present application mm. of uh, homiletics the, the the science and the art of preaching mm. uh, today. I would say after after him, certainly Spurgeon then comes on the radar. Uh, I've certainly read "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God" every year since I've been saved. I think, and so I truly do love that particular sermon. Um, I've tried to read quite a bit of George Whitfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a he was a very. Um, Uh, energetic and fiery preacher that had a great focus on the gospel and certainly spoke with a prophetic voice and by prophetic I mean forth telling voice always enjoy engaging with his writings and then uh, if I had to just add one other person from the past um, I've read a little bit of John Wesley and, uh, and, and would include him in the, in the batch just in order mm. to bring a little bit of balance to mm. the force. <laughs> um, so those would be the four that I'd put on the table. In terms of contemporary preachers, Peter, who are the kind of guys that you can point to? And you can point to guys from overseas, mm. um, but I am interested to hear the kinds of guys from South Africa that you've engaged with.
1: So from South Africa, I think we have a great crop of fantastic preachers. Um, most most of the guys I know are, are from the, the Gauteng region uh, because th- those are the guys I have most interaction with but I try and listen to their preaching on a regular basis. Uh, you know, some of them I would include among your ranks at Central Baptist Good, practical, expository preachers I think I think my pastor is definitely my favorite preacher, Jock Lowe <laughs> from Pretoria <laughs> North But uh, if I, I, I'd say Rocky, Rocky Stevenson I try and, and listen to his sermons as, as often as I can I really admire his preaching style, the way he's able to to Expose the the meaning of a passage of scripture and help his his listeners to apply it, and then also someone that uh, we quickly mentioned before we went live is I also appreciate Pastor Joshua Bellagi from Welcome Baptist. Um, it's only. Well, I like his accent. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I love it when he sends me voice notes. Yeah, I, I like to play them aloud so people think I'm. Talking. And he always
0: has a smile in his voice. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like he he sings as he speaks he more does. than kind of like yeah he doesn't have a, a, a kind of a, a frown on his face. You can just picture
1: him with these cheeks. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So those are some of the South African people. There, there are way more that I can mention, but those are the first ones that that come to mind. Um, In terms of other influences globally, uh, I think one of the two names that come up immediately because they have played an important part in shaping the person I am today when I just became a Christian is John MacArthur and then Phil Johnson, both of them. I think I discovered Phil Johnson on the internet before John MacArthur, but both of them have had a profound impact when I... When I just became a Christian, I was influenced and bombarded with all sorts of types of Christianity, if I can call it that. And to have these two guys from across the world through the internet just teach me the Bible verse by verse. Mm. I think God used that to save me a lot of sorrow and protect this church from me as well.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, now, Villy, who's listening in at the moment, asks a brilliant question, and he also issues something of a warning. Um, he, he's, his English isn't great, uh, but his English is probably better than my Afrikaans. So he's written the question in Afrikaans. I'm not going to read it in Afrikaans, Villy, but I am going to translate it as best as I can, um, and not in full. But but basically he asks the question, um, Hi there, Mark. You're talking about listening to other preachers preach but but really you've got the Bible and uh, you you say on any given Sunday that you are speaking the voice of God you see you saying thus saith the Lord why are you spending so much time listening to other people you must spend more time in God's Word and really I think it's a good question because there is a danger that people spend more time reading about God's Word or listening to sermons about God's Word and not enough time in God's Word And I just want to Absolutely agree with you Your caution is accepted And um, I also want to put The qualification out there I think people who listen To this particular show Know very well That even when we ask questions We spend a lot of time Reading God's word Because we truly believe That God has revealed himself In scripture He's revealed himself By his son Jesus Christ And he's revealed himself In his word It is special revelation And we need to be spending. Time reading God's word Meditating on God's word Memorizing God's word uh, Studying God's word uh, we, we need to spend A lot of time Around God's word However Vili, Let me say The reason why we spe- I spend time Listening to preachers And some of those preachers That you've mentioned Such as John MacArthur I certainly spend a lot of time Listening to uh, John Piper I would add uh, to, that, uh, to that number um, Alistair Begg mm-hmm. And uh, Ligon Duncan Who's a Presbyterian I'm just trying to dive diversify the kind of names that I'm I'm putting out there. I listen to these men, not so much that I want to listen to another voice, but that those men seem to for me Consistently point me to God's word And make God's word plain to me And help me even as a pastor um, As I sit under uh, Teaching um, Subject myself to the word of God And so I deeply appreciate them If I had to throw a couple of South Africans into the pot um, Peter I would add uh, At least two men by name Um, The one before I came Into the Baptist kind of fraternity of, Of churches I listened to To three preachers actually And and one's not a Baptist Um, I listened a lot to Martin Holt I downloaded his sermons From Constantia Park Baptist Church's website I don't know if they're still up there But certainly um, when I was listening to him um, Shortly before his death And and a little bit after his death I I would listen to uh, a couple of Martin Holt sermons A week at least um, As I was commuting to and from work A second person would be Charles de Kivett From Central Baptist church his sermons are still up on the central Baptist Church website and are available um, and both of those men just confirmed for me um, the process of expository preaching and and had a certain excellence about them both in proclaiming proclamatory uh, expository preaching but also in Applying in a way that I could understand um, expository preaching into my own life and then I'd add a, a, a third name into the pot and that's Martin Morrison from Christchurch in Midrand so that's a reformed evangelical Anglican um really enjoyed listening to his sermons particularly series through one timothy i can remember vividly martin's sermons through one timothy um, and i think i might have listened to him through galatians and another book as well and enjoyed him because he didn't sound like all the other guys that i was listening to he really sounded unique um, he had a unique voice um, he had a unique um, uh, way of approaching the text but always expository preaching making the main point of a single passage of scripture the main point of his of his sermon and then applying it into the lives of his hearers uh, and i really enjoyed that about him mm. I see that we're getting a lot of um, a lot of engagement on various different social media channels, particularly Facebook and WhatsApp. Really enjoy engaging with you guys. Um, I see Teresa has asked some great questions around preachers and preaching, and so Teresa. We're about to get to your questions shortly. Um, Penny uh, has a whole list of folk, including John MacArthur, Voddy Buckham um, and others. Um, Natasha has asked a question regarding songs that she'd like to listen to later on in the show. Um, Penny does add that she enjoys a few other Baptist pastors. Penny's on Facebook. Natasha's on WhatsApp. Um, Glenn, uh, uh, uh has both a. Um, person that he listens to as well as a question i think the mark of the beast 666 system and the antichrist thanks for that glenn um olivia agrees that it's important in our lives that we live um that uh, agrees that happiness is important in our lives Mm -hmm. and i think that that might be a reference to jonathan edwards and him Coining the word fight, Which is my word For the day Villy <laughs> <laughs> um, we've already um, Read your comments uh, Penny says So sorry But I've got Chores to do We'll listen later On the podcast And Penny You do raise An important issue I need to put up The podcast For the last couple Of days And I will put up The podcast For today As soon as possible Penny um, In terms of When the podcasts Get released I think we're Going to be Releasing them On Mondays And Wednesday Mornings Going forward So the 4SA podcast will be released on Monday mornings And the Table Talk with Mark will be released on Wednesday mornings That'll just kind of like um, create a little bit of uh, space uh, In terms of the content that we're creating on Fridays, Mondays and Wednesdays Uh, That's my idea going forward Just so that you know when it will come out, Penny Um, Susan says, good morning Mark And she's on WhatsApp I had the same question as Vili I do also listen uh, to preachers and... In preaching, But I think sometimes we put these people on, ped- on mm. pedestals um, without even realizing. And I've got to agree with you, Sue. In fact, um, there's a reality within the context of evangelicalism that um, we have put at times the wrong men. Mm. Um, we have revered the wrong men. And we've revered them because of the way that their sermons have gained popular- popularity within a culture that feeds off Popularism, um, and I can think of a number of evangelicals who have fallen from grace off very high pedestals over a very short period, over 2021, 2022, and into 2023. And they stand as warnings to us that um, men have feet of clay. And even as we listen to sermons, uh, we must make sure that we listen to sermons that point us to scripture, not listen to sermons that men up. Anything to add there um, Peter?
1: Yeah I think that both the warnings should be heeded that first of all I think if you consume more sermon content than you spend time reading the Bible that that's not healthy um, and also we should be careful of I think we should be careful in two ways of putting Preachers on a pedestal, and I think we should also be careful, especially if it, if it's not listening to your pastor at your local church. We should be careful of consuming the content of only one person yes. uh, online. If your pastor is good because you know your pastor, you see him live, you have interactions with yes. him that from outside his pulpit. Yes, uh, but I think, l- let's say for someone like, like John MacArthur, I respect him and I admire him, but I think only consuming his content is is not healthy. Mm. At the same time, I also want to say that uh, it's it's sort of a paraphrase of what Spurgeon said in terms of of reading commentaries. He says, if we take so much, if, if we value it as important, what the Holy Spirit reveals to us about God's word, Why should we then ignore what the Holy Spirit has revealed to other men about His Word? Mm. And so just as a sort of a short defense on why it is good to read and listen to other people about Mm. God's Word, is because just as the Holy Spirit teaches us from His Word, He also teaches others. And we should be careful of not being arrogant and saying, well, only what is revealed to me
0: is important. Yeah. Uh, What you're saying is so helpful, Peter so helpful and and I do like the way that the conversation has gone this morning and I, I want to encourage listeners um, to engage with the show I think Philly's comments along with sue have have certainly changed the stream of the conversation in helpful ways and help us to put up necessary cautions even when we speak of some of the beneficial men that we have either read or listened to of late um, I, you know as as we as we Talking about this uh, this issue of of preachers and and sermons, one of the dangers, particularly for for preachers, is reading commentaries and listening to sermons and not doing the heavy lifting mm. of exposing God's word to your own heart before you stand in the pulpit and say, "Thus saith the Lord." And um, I, while I do think that um, listening to good sermons and reading good commentaries uh, can be part of the process for many, as they Prepare for the pulpit on any given Sunday. Um, it must come with a with a, with a careful caution that uh, brother, as you go about preparing to preach God's word to God's people, make sure that you are doing the heavy lifting mm. before you listen to what anyone else might have to say about a topic. Teresa um, makes a, makes great points and he uncovers a number of other South Africans. He says, local preachers besides elders at my local church. And by the way, Teresa goes to a, a great local church. And if he won't uh, list the elders of his local church, I'll list them on his behalf. They include Etienne de Toy from Crystal Park Baptist Church as well as uh, Richard Raphael um, uh, 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 Teresa Pitzel did I say Teresa I mean to say Tepo Pitzel um, and others at uh, Crystal Park Baptist Church but he adds Karabu um, Mzi, uh, uh, Mziza who mm. is at Rustenburg, I think Rustenburg yeah. Bible Church Baptist Church yeah. Bible Church brilliant. I'm going to go with Bible Church brilliant preacher great preacher and very highly regarded mm. um, Gideon and Penny, who mm. is he my uh, he's just Like a great friend of mine. I love that man. He's uh, at Florida Baptist Church. Uh, Tyrell Hogg, who's no longer in the country but is in Canada. Um, I love Tyrell, good friend, uh, excellent preacher. David Debrain, who's Mm. considered by some of the men that I regard as excellent preachers Mm. as being an excellent South African preacher. Certainly the times that I've heard him preach, very, very memorable. In fact, I can remember a couple of his sermons that I've heard him preach in the book of Psalms, which I, 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 it's been years and I remember the outline. I remember the main idea sure. and I remember the main application. He certainly preached into my heart. And then Teresa adds some preacher guy called Mark Penrith. Um don't know who he is. Be careful <laughs> of everyone that we list. Not everyone is equally as good. Um, Anyways,
1: I want to add yeah, Joel James from Joel James. Grace Fellowship. Yes, yeah, He was my pastor when I just became a Christian for many years. And yeah, he's had a life-changing impact is sermons. I listened to
0: Joel James through the book of Ecclesiastes um, after I preached the book of Ecclesiastes, which is the wrong way around. I should have listened. So I preached the, ecclesi- the book of Ecclesiastes over two years, <laughs> which was very, very slow. Joel James, I think, I mean I stand corrected, but maybe 12 sermons, maybe a few more. I think it um, was 12, yeah. Yeah, r- r- roughly. Yeah. But excellent job in exposing what isn't a simple book. Um, and really appreciated him on the book of Ecclesiastes, and maybe to say Tim Cantrell, since we we're listening mm-hmm. guys that are uh, that that are on South African shores that are from overseas, but Tim Cantrell on the book of Ephesians was very very helpful to me. He actually, as he was preaching through the book of Ephesians, and he did. And he did it over a long period of time. He memorized the book of Ephesians. Wow. And then on the last day uh, that he preached through the book, he, he actually recited all four chapters. Um, it was quite a memorable, uh, quite a memorable moment. Um, I do want to uh, just raise, go back now to a question which came in from Teresa. And, and maybe now's a great time just to remind listeners, oh, guys, I can't believe it. An hour has gone past wow. We are at the top of the hour It's 10 o'clock Now would be a great time To go to a music break As we go and get ourselves A little bit of water And refresh ourselves And come back In just a moment For Glenn Williams As well as others uh, Who have made comments And have questions um, We are in the meantime Going to be listening to Praise Peterson Singing Emmanuel We're looking forward To being with you For the second hour of the show Wherever you are listening in from, whether it is 657 AM Radio Pulpit, 729 AM Radio Cape Pulpit, whether you are presently on Facebook, that's Radio Pulpit Radio Console, or if you're on DSTV, channel 882, Open View, channel 607. Or if you're currently live streaming on www.radiopulpit.co.za. However you are tuning in, I do want to say welcome. It's good to be spending Friday morning together with you. Um, this is a Bible question and answers time. And I've been very encouraged this morning by how many people have been engaging with us. Thank you. I do see you, Llewellyn and Janice and Jennifer I will be engaging with you um, shortly and momentarily as well. Glenn um, uh Glenn, and others, uh, thank you so much for interacting this morning on the show. How might you join the conversation? You might ask. Well, now's the time to get a pen and paper ready. I'm about to read out our studio number as well as the various other mechanisms that you can use for interacting with us this morning. You can phone into the studio, the telephone number is 012 334. 1322 you can drop a comment on facebook uh, we're currently live streaming to facebook i've shared and i would encourage you to like and share as well i have shared to pastor mark penrith as well as central baptist church pretoria um the 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 facebook feed if you drop a comment there i'll see it right in studio as i'm talking you can send in a voice note or a message via whatsapp on 082. Six five seven, two seven two nine. that works for telegram as well and if you're a twit you can tweet on at 657 am however you engage with us right now i just want to say thank you uh thank you it's always great to hear your questions and engage with you live on air Number of questions have come in. Number of comments have come in. Uh, let's see if we can get to as many of them as possible. Firstly, scripture and questions from Teresa. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And that's a quotation which comes from one Timothy chapter five, verse seventeen. Teresa's question well, he's got three his first question is how can we tell if elders rule well seeing that there are many styles of Preaching seeing that there are many styles of preaching Um well I mean, let me just say right off the bat and um, Teresa that idea of ruling well and um, um, uh, or, or that word ruling, uh, just be careful that that that's the idea of the exercise of oversight. That's the idea of the management um, and engagement, the 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 ruling of decision making within the context of the church. And you do want to draw a distinction between that and working hard at preaching and teaching, which is the second half of that um that verse. It says those who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honour, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And so you got you got three mechanisms that are involved there or three three functional um, uh, uh, three functions which are being attributed to the elders. Yeah, the first is ruling, the second is preaching, and the third is teaching. And just to kind of make the point that all three of those are, are separate functions. They they separate things that that elders are to do. Those elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And so now we come to the preaching and the teaching aspect and we come to your question seeing that there are many different styles of preaching maybe just to say right up front Teresa you're right there are different styles of preaching and I, I for one don't think that we judge the quality of a sermon based on the style of preaching which has been used. However you might note that for the whole first hour of the show we were talking about preachers and the stripe of preachers that we were quoting with only one exception and it's very interesting but with only one exception are, are expository preachers. They're taking a passage of scripture or even a verse of scripture and they are expounding it from its context making the meaning plain to their hearers uh, and then explaining how that meaning applies uh, in life i don't think it's fair though to say that spurgeon was an expository mm. preacher in the best in the the sense of the word that we use expository preaching in our day and age expository preaching be, being taking the main point of a single passage and making that the main point of your sermon and then applying it into the to the lives of your preachers that doesn't mean that Spurgeon wasn't biblical so Spurgeon was a biblical preacher but he couldn't I don't think it's fair to say that he is expository um, in the sense of expository um, uh, as we use it for a preacher such as a MacArthur or a Piper or an Alistair Begg or somebody else mentioned that earlier or any of the preachers that we've spoken about from South Africa and therein lies the rub of your question I don't think that the quality of preaching is related to the style of sermon that's been engaged I, I think that it's possible to preach a topical sermon which is thoroughly biblical for myself I've uh in 13 14 years of preaching I've never preached a topical sermon but that doesn't mean that it's not possible just cuz I can't do it or I haven't done it doesn't mean that it's not possible to preach a biblical topical sermon certainly there are men out there that are spending incredible amounts of time in order to prepare topical sermons that are thoroughly biblical I can give you I can give you Uh, two examples the the first example is a preacher uh, who I followed uh, Jerry Bridges Uh, when he preaches on sanctification uh, he has a book The Transforming Power of the Gospel and a sermon set um, on that topic which are Excellent sermons, um, and yet they are topical rather than expository in nature And then the second topical preacher that I've I've been exposed to And it's related to a question that's coming up a little bit later Is Randy Alcorn, he speaks on two topics in particular that I've heard him preach on The first is the topic of giving, and the second is the topic of heaven And particularly on the topic of heaven, um, Randy exposes topically heaven and brings it to Jesus Christ uh, in ways that have that have re- I've been really impressed by. However, it's not a style uh, which lends itself to um, any level of consistency in the pulpit because it takes so much effort to prepare so many scriptures in their proper context in order to bring it to the pulpit that it, it would be very few people that can do it on a weekly basis well and biblically. What am I trying to say? Um, The kinds of men that are worthy of double honor in preaching and teaching are the kinds of men that are thoroughly biblical in the pulpit and that Mm. might mean that they are preaching narrative sermons, topical sermons or expository sermons but whatever type whatever style of sermon they are preaching it is a biblical sermon they're not preaching philosophy they are not preaching psychology they are not preaching popular culture they, it is not story time with Pastor Bob I, uh, Pastor Bob isn't a real pastor I just made that up okay um, but, but, but the, the bottom line is whatever mechanism that they are using to convey God's word is thoroughly immersed in God's word Making God's word Clear and plain To their hearers And then applying it Into their hearts It just so happens That I think that The best way to do that Consistently Is expository preaching Which is why The kinds of preachers That I encourage people To go out And listen to Are always Expository preachers That would be Your MacArthur's Your Pipers Your Sproul's um, Although Sproul even um, Preached very often mm-hmm. Systematically As opposed to um uh, to expository and so uh, I, I think that it's an important distinction to make. Peter, am I right? Am I wrong? Anything to add, subtract, divide no, no, conquer? No f-
1: nothing, <laughs> nothing to correct <laughs> but uh, I, I want to add that I think there is, I've noticed that there is a lot of times a confusion regarding what we mean by topical. Because a topical sermon still needs to be expository in the sense that you still need to explain the text that you are preaching from. Mm, mm. So a lot of times I think where the confusion lies is between systematic expository preaching where you move verse by verse over a period of weeks or months (coughs) through a book of the Bible compared to topical preaching where you don't systematically move through a book of the Bible or a passage of the Bible, but yes. where you go to different parts of the Bibles, but you still need to expose the text, that being said, even if you do then a purely topical sermon, like for example, on a topic of sanctification, justification, a topic of what it means to be adopted by God. That then, then you move to multiple different parts of the Bible that speak about that. But even in that, you still explain the text. Each text needs yeah. to be
0: individually exegeted yes. and explained, which is why it's so complex. Now, there are men that are peculiarly gifted and are enabled to do that, and full marks to them when they do it well. But I have noticed that those particular preachers tend to preach far fewer fewer sermons in a year. Uh, An example, I I mean, I can give you a number of examples of men that I appreciate that I think do this well. Paul Tripp Hmm. would be another example. So Paul Tripp, I've heard sermons on child rearing and sermons on marriage um, and sermons on anguish where he preaches a topic But he preaches now from multiple texts in scripture but he has gone and done careful exegesis of each text. He then exposes the meaning of each text as he preaches maybe 10 texts in a sermon. Uh, He exposes the meaning of each text and then brings them to bear in one collective whole. It is a lot of work but he's not the primary preacher Mm. in 10th Presbyterian where he does the most of his preaching. He preaches a few times in a year and as a result he's got lots of time to think through and prepare for an excellent topical sermon now there's another type of sermon which I think um, brother Teresa was appealing to in his second question how did topical preaching make its way into the church and I think that there's a type of topical preaching which is bad so now we're going to go to the other extreme well there's a type of expository preaching which is bad let me just put that out there as well Last week, I listened to four sermons uh, on Sunday after the service um I went to a number of churches that are unlike me in terms of how I perceive their overall trajectory <laughs> of their of their uh, of their um, of the way that they do church And I, I listened to the The pulpit ministry of these churches I was surprised Very surprised And encouraged in one case um, A pastor got into a pulpit Opened a passage of scripture Made its meaning clear And I celebrated um, Even as I heard him preach Very different type of church to me In the other cases, um, I got what I was expecting and that was topical talks on a particular subject, I don't know, three, uh, uh, I can't I don't want to give the, the actual sermon uh, uh, out live on, alive on air, I, I might be slating someone uh, publicly that uh, I need to give a little bit more thought to but let's say it was, the one was three keys to happy living and the other one was living your best life now, whatever they might be <laughs> um, and as I listened to these sermons, they were topical in nature but I couldn't say that they were biblical in nature in other words the preacher hadn't gone through the effort of ensuring that the passages of scripture that he was appealing to were either central in his sermon nor were they particularly well exegeted or expounded and I think that that is the danger of topical preaching if if a person is preaching topically the danger is either falling into an unbiblical type of preaching um, where the passages are just appended onto a topic or a point mm. that a preacher is trying to make, uh, and are not well exegeted and then well exposed to the congregation and then applied into the congregation's life. It's almost as if the preachers start with application, whatever mm. application they desire, and then just tag on a couple of, 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 uh, of. Um, uh, uh, scriptures yeah, a couple or, of verses to make their point
1: or what what I've, I've I've seen a lot is a preacher has a sermon that he wants to preach and then he go and looks for a Bible passage mm, about mm, that sermon mm. that's the that's not the right way <laughs> and then and then the fourth sermon that I listened to was an expository sermon and it
0: was it was a bad expository sermon it was a dry and dusty lecture it in reality, did not stir one's heart, and its application was rather wooden. Um, it it didn't. I don't feel as if the preacher was preaching to the people that were in front of him in a loving, fatherly way. I felt like maybe he was preaching to a camera or mm. or something to that effect. It was it was very disappointing to listen to, and so. When it comes to topical preaching, there are dangers and caveats. When it comes to expository preaching, there are dangers and caveats that we should know about. Um, Teresa's last question, Peter, I'm going to pose this to you is, what are your thoughts about preachers who prefer to be led by the Spirit when preaching, meaning that they see no need to prepare because it may be seen as quenching the Spirit? Any thoughts there, brother?
1: yeah let me let me start by telling a joke. <laughs> um, there was this church, and uh the the church owned a house that the pastor lived in that was about twenty minutes away from the church so every Sunday morning, the pastor would would walk to the church from his home and uh, during that twenty minutes of his walk, he would prepare a sermon that he 's going to preach and uh one day in an in an elder 's meeting, he sort of bragged about that you know that 's how he prepares the sermons. Uh, A month later, the church sold that house and bought him a house eight hours away so that he could at least spend eight hours on his uh, sermon as he walked to church. (laughs) Uh, A lot of times that, that language, my experience, and my experience I think has been quite extensive ranging from urban to rural communities where people say, where pastors use that sort of language, normally it is because they are lazy. Mm. and they 're trying to spiritualize their laziness they 're making trying to make their cover their laziness and piety yes that they don 't study they 're just led by the spirit that 's oftentimes the situation that that i 've seen, especially if they are being paid by the church, not having to do a a, a, a second occupation to yeah get an income now yes it does happen where you show up at a place and there's an opportunity to preach and you haven't prepared anything so you just like open up your you just open up your bible and you then preach you know yes. but that's not because you were lazy or because um you know you didn't want to prepare yeah and so I, i've often just to summarize often i've realized that that statement is is accompanied with laziness from a preacher
0: so i mean i mean absolutely confirm I I don't think that we can put a number of hours that it should take a preacher to prepare a sermon because different men are d- are gifted in different ways and the preaching process is different for different people so I have a very high regard for an African preacher named Conrad Mbewe um, I've spent time with Conrad I-, I stayed in his home for two weeks um, I've observed the man the man reads a lot of scripture and then when it comes to preparing for preaching he spends two hours preparing and then he goes for a one-hour walk and he's done Um, the reality is I find that fairly peculiar my own preparation process to get into the pulpit involves about 20 hours of blood sweat and tears um, often late into the night and very early into the morning and um, even at the end of that 20 hours I very often uh, desire to go back and if I ever preach uh, a sermon for a second time I spend roughly the same amount of time um, clarifying and sharpening uh, my thoughts and my ideas Um, so maybe that's two extremes um, two extremes Um, but I do find that most most of the preachers that I value most of the preachers that I revere are spending roughly sixteen hours of preparation um, in terms of reading themselves for the pulpit, um, and yet, as I say, there's no hard and fast rule in terms of that. Um, but the idea of a lazy pastor, the idea of a man who relies purely on the spirit, um, it, it 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 frustrates me. Um, it. Angers me because of the weight of the task. We are mm. talking about the souls of men. Mm. We're talking about eternity in the balance and the thought that you wouldn't prepare your heart and your mind. To move into the pulpit and deliver God's word and be able to, with conviction, say, "Thus saith the Lord," um, it it angers me, uh, it frustrates me, it disappoints me, um, and it shames me that the church mm-hmm. could be in such a poor condition, um, that that would even be tolerated by those who call themselves Christians.
1: Definitely, the the ministry has, for a long time now, been a hiding place for lazy men, and this is contrary to what. Paul instructs to young Timothy in Second yes. Timothy two verse fifteen where he says, Do yourself, do you, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Mm. You know, and then Paul also tells Timothy to to cut it straight. He he needs to work hard at handling God's word in a correct way. Mm. Meaning that if we don't work hard or if we're not vigilant we can handle God's Word in an incorrect way yes and that's something that that's the purpose of sermon preparation Is so I just want to make sure that when a passage of Scripture is being preached on a Sunday that I can stand with a clean conscience before God and knowing that I did my absolute best To make this text of scripture clear to our church and help them to apply it in a way that makes them more like Jesus Christ and helps them to deal with issues in life. Uh, Just absolutely
0: very well said Peter. um, even as I dwell on that And I, I think of myself If I had more time I would actually spend it In preparation I don't have more time You know If I preach every week And I'm putting in 20 hours of uh, in, of preparation That does wipe out um, Pretty much my entire Saturday Because my preparation process Is much uh, closer to game day Than most people I'm a, I'm a procrastinator by nature um, And I'm not saying That that's a virtue But it has become my Um, my modus operandi and maybe to say that that's also by virtue of my circumstances when I came into the ministry I was working full time Mm. um, for an IT company and so I had certain responsibilities from 8 until 5 and I had a two hour commute to get from Benoni through to Bryanston, uh, and that was five days a week which pretty much meant not pretty much meant it meant that I had zero time for preparation during the week my evenings were filled with either visitation or or Bible studies Mm. um, which only left saturday and so i got into the habit of waking up at seven o'clock on a saturday spending the whole day in bed um, with my laptop open and books all around me um, and preparing until about 10 o'clock at night i pray from about 10 until about 12 and i set my alarm for four o'clock every single sunday morning now as i'm getting older that is getting harder to do and by the way that's how i put in my 20 hours as I'm getting older, that's getting increasingly harder to do. And as I'm getting opportunities to maybe preach twice on a Sunday, that becomes mm. impossible. And so, even this week, um, and I've got a couple of friends who are holding me accountable and trying to pull back my preparation time in chunks to during the week. And so, this week, I spent four hours yesterday um, preparing for my sermon for Sunday and I will spend four hours this afternoon preparing for my sermon for Sunday which will which will mean as in in God's will and I certainly hope so that I will get to bed at a reasonable hour on Saturday night and I'll wake up at a reasonable hour on Sunday morning Um all that to say though um, that that you do want to go to a church where a pastor gives necessary preparation to the proclamation of god 's Word. I love what Glenn Williams says on the twitter on the Twitter feed on the whatsapp feed. The Holy Spirit leads the preacher while in the study too mm-hmm. that 's so true, so in actual fact, maybe just a a story on uh on On Saturday evening last week, as I was preparing the sermon i was I was in bed and I was typing away furiously. My wife was next to me, she was reading a book, and I was crying and um, I was crying because I was so torn by the passage of scripture that I was reading, so torn by by even the words that i was that I was typing and so and so I guess in many ways visualizing the people that I'd be preaching to. My my heart was was rent um, as I was in the preparation process. And and surely the Holy Spirit ministers to us Mm. even as we go through the process of preaching. Anything that you want to add Peter before we move on?
1: Definitely. I, I, I just want to add on that same point with regards to studying preparing for a sermon and this concept of just being led by the Spirit, it it creates this false dichotomy that studying is anti-spiritual, that studying is against the work of God. But that's that's so the opposite of what we see throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible, our faith, the Judeo-Christian faith, has always been a very intellectual faith. I mean, passages that come to mind is Deuteronomy chapter 6, right? teach your kids everywhere as you go as you're in the house teach them teach them to know the commandments of God you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and oftentimes that mind element especially I think in the modern church has been almost seen as the enemy of true spirituality but that's not at all the case Um, theology is simply religion Um, worked with your brain (laughs) Uh, that that is what theology is it's it's thinking about god it's meditating on god and that's what we do when we when we prepare a passage of scripture for a sermon is we want to teach people in the deepness of this passage what does it teach us about god and what does it teach us about ourselves and so i think i also read a, a comment there by by glenn williams where he said even when he does exp- when he does topical preaching, he, he usually takes one main text of Scripture and that deals with that topic, and he preaches from that. And so, even in that, you know, if we, if we co- combine the two topics now, you know, it, I think that's such a good way to do it in general. Um, I find it easier to develop. A topical sermon than yes. an expository sermon. Yes. Yes. Uh, but even in that, when there's a topic to be preached on, I, I always try and first look if there is there one paragraph of mm, inscription mm. that deals with this topic, and if there is, preach that paragraph. Mm. I
0: recently, uh, Llewellyn makes the point that uh, the New Testament uh, is the best reading that you could ever get and the best contemporary reading you could ever make and I accept that completely and that the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament uh, I I absolutely agree with you Llewellyn Um, and uh, I recently read what I'm fairly convinced was an expository sermon written down and that's the book of Jude in fact it reads like an expository sermon It has a three-point outline. It has application at the end. It has a wonderful benediction. It just, everything about the short letter of the book of Jude feels like an expository sermon. I recently read that and just absolutely applied to my heart. Love reading God's word. A question that has come in, and I I see uh, comments from Estelle and from Gladine and from uh, Honey and from others. It's lovely to have you with us, guys. Thank you so much uh, for engaging with us as well as Sue and Penny again uh, thank you so much for the interactions and the engagement Janice asks a question um, uh, Janice from uh, Cartonville uh, asks a question of us Peter um, and the question is a simple one uh, we've raised it this morning as we've been talking what will heaven be like what will heaven be like amazing (laughs) (laughs) that that is a
1: great answer it's very true it will be amazing yeah I, I think when we think of heaven the way I like to often think of it is heaven will be true reality everything that you enjoy in this world that is good is only a shadow a mere imitation of what we will experience in heaven so fulfillment and happiness that we find in relationships this is but a shadow of what it will be like in heaven yes good food it's yes. but a shadow all these good things is but a shadow of it of what hem, heaven will be like um a a a source that i can highly recommend that anyone can get for free uh it's a short booklet written by jul james it's you can find it on their website grace i think it's gracefellowship.co.za um what will heaven be like um i think it's about 15 to 20 pages and I've, that was one of the best booklets I have ever read that dealt with the topic in a biblical way. There's a lot of, dare I say, nonsense that you can get out there saying people who've been to heaven and, you know, describe all the things and what they what they think they saw. And, but Jewel James just goes through the Bible and everywhere the Bible mentions something about heaven. He systematized it into 10 points. And then in that booklet It makes you long for heaven So
0: I've recently actually read a Joel James booklet uh, We mentioned him under expository preaching I recently read a Joel James booklet on dating uh, With my older daughters I've got a 19 year old and a 17 year old And we just wanted to reflect and remind them um, Our kind of uh, biblical worldview When it comes to dating and those kinds of things um, I do find him as a really really good writer i enjoy his content in terms of heaven there's two primary passages that i'd like to point us to the one is revelation chapter four the other one is revelation chapter 21 before i get there though i'm reminded of two book resources that i have enjoyed on the topic the first is randy alcorn's book uh, heaven, uh, which I enjoyed particularly the bridged version uh, that was the one that I, I read in a very short space of time and I can remember weeping as I read through it just with joy and expectation of eternity the other my wife read and she read it to me so from time to time uh, we've consumed books in this way either i've read i read to my son i, I recently read him a biography on Sir khaleesi um, my wife is uh, the last book that she read to me was uh, a book by spurgeon uh, no tears in heaven and mm. it was a fantastic book that really laid out exactly the topic that we're talking about now that we've spoken about a, a number of books on the topic let me Let me read, oh and uh, Gene just says, how do you spell Joel James? You can spell it J-O-E-L and then James, J-A-M-E-S. And the church that he's at is Grace Fellowship in Pretoria. Grace Fellowship in Pretoria. You can find his content there. Let me read two descriptions from the Apostle John. Um, about heaven the first one comes from Revelation chapter 4 and it's really a view of the throne in heaven and he says in verse 1 after this I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said come up here and I will show you what must take place after this At once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carlinion. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbles and peals of thunder and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire which are the seven spirits of God and before the throne there was as it were a sea of glass like crystal. Now we can carry on reading um, the descriptive um, uh, passages uh, around what's happening around this throne but the point that I want to make is when we think about heaven don't think of a place with golden pavements and wonderful food and when you think of heaven think of the presence Mm -hmm. of God in truth if you don't desire God on this earth you wouldn't desire heaven forever and ever because there he will be The most wonderful thing that we look forward to in terms of eternity must be the presence of God and must be us in the presence of God without these sinful bodies but rather raised, glorified bodies able to enter into the very presence of God and live. This is what should attract us to heaven. God, the presence of Him, being with Him, being with Jesus Christ, His Son. I recently relayed a... I I don't think I can tell that story right now but Revelation 21 then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more Nor crying nor pain any more for the former things have passed away and then he who seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new he also said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true and he said to me it is done i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end To the thirsty I will give the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the last seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God having the glory of God, its radiance like a most red jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and at the gates twelve angels and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the Son of Israel were inscribed. On the east there were three gates, on the north three gates, at the south three gates, on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations and on them were the the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the lamb and the one who spoke to me had a measured, a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and its walls and its city lies four square and its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod 12,000 stadia and its length and its width and height are equal. And he measured its wall a 144 cubits by human measurement which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper. The city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth oinks, the sixth carmelion, the seventh uh, christus Lut, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth Chrysosophus, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls each of the gates made of a single pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass and I saw no temple in the city for the temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light they will, will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will, uh, they will bring into the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Get the full stop button there and say this mm. Heaven is unlike anything that we have experienced or could even imagine here on earth and yet in some ways it is like these things in that it can be described even in human words some of it can't be described John makes that point even in the book of Revelation but the great point is that at the center of heaven, uh, of heaven is God and the Lamb Heaven is about a person it is about God himself and it is about this great hope that we have as believers that we might be ushered in there that we might we might sing eternal praises and glory to Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior gathered together with all of His people throughout all time and in every place there friend when we think of heaven we must think of a place of hope a place of um, of access to God through Jesus Christ our Lord and our Saviour and very important there at the end of uh, chapter 21 this truth that no detestable thing will ever enter into heaven Um, uh, the truth that there will be no sin um, or no one who is tarnished by sin will ever enter in there now you ask the question rightly even now but then what about me I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and I know from the Bible that the wages of sin is death am um, wretched man who I am who shall save me from this body of death and the answer is but one Jesus says I'm the way the truth and the life no man shall come to the father but through me we are called upon friends to cast ourselves on the person and the finished work of Jesus Christ he died for For our sins that Christ's righteousness might be given to us and our filthy rags might be placed on him on the cross as he dies he declares it is finished and it truly was the last dregs of God's wrath for sin had been poured out on his son and we have a hope in this that Jesus Christ was risen from the grave in him he is the first fruits of salvation he is our hope for we know if God has accepted the payment which Jesus Christ made and it is evidenced in the fact that Jesus rose from the grave that we too might have the hope that we will be raised imperishable and eternal from the grave and presented um, faultless and blameless with great joy before his glory throne friend if you have not yet cast yourself upon Jesus Christ then even this morning I call on you to repent turn away from your sins and cast yourself on the person of Jesus Christ he can save you and make you ready and fit for eternity that is to come he can give you abundant life uh, in this world an eternal life in the life to come believe upon Jesus Christ and you will live maybe to close and then I'll hand it over to Peter but Revelation 22 continues that picture Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night there will be no more. They will need no light of lamp for sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. How would you close Peter?
1: I want to stay in Revelation in chapter 21 that you read now and chapter 21 on this theme of just sharing the amazing, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Chapter 21 of Revelation has one of the most amazing gospel presentations for me. If we read verse 8, starting in Revelation 21 verse 8, we see the type of people that will be thrown into the lake of fire. It's written that those who are cowardly, the faithless, the detestable murderers sex- sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, all their portion will be in the lake of fire and sulphur, which that burns with fire and sulphur, which is the second death, and then you sort of expect, okay now, if I want to avoid the lake of fire, if I want to to be with Christ and God in heaven, should I be doing the opposite of those things but but this is not what the text says if if we go back. Just the, you know, the second half of verse 6, two verses back, Revelation 21, verse 6. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. Mm. If you want to be with Christ, if you want to join Him in eternal heaven, be thirsty. Yes. That's That's the requirement. Yes. If you are tired of yourself, if you are tired of... Y- y- your own misgivings, if you are tired of doing what you can to earn heaven, which you will be tired because it's an unattainable task, Jesus says to the thirsty, I will give water of life freely and there is nothing more comforting to me than that. All we need to do is we need to look to Jesus and how Charles Spurgeon said it is, you don't need an education. To look to Jesus You don't need A high IQ To look to Jesus A child can look to Jesus If we go to Jesus He will always He stands ready And willing Eager To grab Anyone Who comes to him In faith And so look to Jesus That's the
0: call That's the cry Even this morning Friends I'm going to close us In a word of prayer um, This morning I'm going to pray A number of people have even as we've been speaking live on air um asked for various different prayer needs and my heart is really um is really drawn i'm not going to mention any of them live on air um but my heart is really drawn to pray for those who are in desperate need and even for you if you are hungry and thirsty for jesus this morning i'm going to pray that god would reveal him to you and then once we've prayed um we will sign out so this morning I do I I pray to God who is eternal immortal I pray to God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth God who is seated on his throne surrounded in brilliance and splendor and majesty and all I pray to the one God the creator of the heavens and the earth who is worthy of our praise and of our worship and to that God I confess that we are sinners that we have fallen short of his glory and what we have said in what we have done in the things that we have thought and even in what we have left undone we have a great need for a Savior and yet Lord God I do say thank you for the person of Jesus Christ because indeed he is a great Savior He is without equal he is majestic and splendorous the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world he is the lamb who has taken away my sin and for him we are grateful we will sing his praises forever and ever lord god i do pray this morning for those who are listening in whose hearts are cut and who are struggling in the in the midst of a fallen world recognizing that there are those who are struggling with health there are those who are struggling financially there are those Lord God who are um, facing all manner of trial and turmoil even now and we do ask Father God would you be so gracious as to come to them in their hour of need and reveal yourself might they see your hand move in the midst of their circumstance that they might be able to offer praise and thanks to you a God who delivers even in the midst of persecution and difficulty Lord God this morning our prayers do go out to all the elders, the pastors, the teachers, the overseers, the rulers of churches all over our country and we ask Lord God might our pulpits be strong, might they be built on your word, your word which is without error and your word which is sufficient. Might we Lord God have churches all over our country which proclaim the gospel unadulterated and with clarity and in the power of the Holy Spirit that men and women even on Sundays might hear once again the gospel proclamation loud and clear and might our teaching be bible saturated and bible focused that you would be glorified in churches all across South Africa even this coming Lord's day we pray for deacons as well as the elders who hold the line in local churches as well as for our missionaries sent out from local churches serving in foreign fields and abroad we ask Lord that they would uh, indeed serve with excellence and that Lord God your your gospel message that Jesus died and that he rose and that all men everywhere are called upon to repent for the forgiveness of sins would sound out even on foreign fields Lord God our prayers and uh, and our our petitions go out to those who deal out justice in our country we think of our police and our defense force lord god might they act in righteousness might they go about their duties with excellence lord we pray ask would you deliver us from corruption of heart which seems to find um a place um within various different strata of our society um lord would you crush those who are corrupt in heart and would you elevate those who are just in spirit that you might be glorified by people that are set apart for you even in our land we pray for firefighters and for paramedics and for nurses as well as for medical personnel uh, that they would go about their duties with compassion lord god we ask um, for educators as well as correctional facility officers all over our country that they would be excellent as they take care of our next generation and as they reform those who have fallen into sin and fallen into the law Lord God, in all of these things we ask that you would be glorified in our lives personally as we live out our faith with fear and trembling. Lord, we pray for those who have heard the gospel message even this morning. And we ask that you would open their eyes, draw them by your spirit to the person of Christ. Might they be at the foot of the cross and lay down their burdens before him. Lord God, we ask that you would wash them whiter than snow and ready them to be presented before you even at the end of the age. And these things we ask in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, Amen. Friends, you've been listening to Table Talk with me, your host Mark. We're going to be going to news shortly. And so until
1: next week Friday, walk wisely, live holy, and testify zealously. Amen.